Hello and welcome to your Activists Beyond the Byline podcast. I am Evikiori and this week we will be discussing the tension between Turkey and Sweden, specifically how Turkey is blocking Sweden's accession to NATO. We will also look at the reasons behind Erdogan's objections to Sweden's bid for membership in the alliance, the pro-electoral tricks and at when a resolution to this issue may be reached. Now, this tension between Sweden and Turkey was sparked after demonstrations in Stockholm at a critical time for Sweden as it seeks support from Turkey for its bid to join the NATO military alliance. On Saturday, an anti-immigrant politician from a far-right group reportedly burned a Quran in close proximity to the Turkish embassy. Turkey has condemned the act as vile and has cancelled a scheduled visit by Sweden's defense chief to Ankara, which was intended to address Turkey's objections to Sweden's NATO membership. Reacting further to this, Turkish President Tayyip Erdogan said Sweden should not expect support from us for NATO. Now, the Swedish Foreign Minister Tobias Billström said that Sweden has a far-reaching freedom of expression, but it does not imply that the Swedish government or himself support the opinions expressed. Sweden will respect the agreement that exists between Sweden, Finland and Turkey regarding their NATO membership, he said. Sweden, along with Finland, applied to join NATO after Russia invaded Ukraine, but now the process has been halted. NATO Secretary-General Jan Stoltenberg said that freedom of expression was a precious commodity in NATO countries and that these acts, while inappropriate, were not automatically illegal. Turkey, which is in its majority a Muslim country, denounced the Swedish government's decision to allow the protests as completely unacceptable. But before all this chaos, the negotiations had a common goal, and that was for Finland and Sweden to take the required steps to join NATO. And Sweden had already addressed most of Turkey's concerns. The two sides signed a memorandum of understanding, uh, or trilateral memorandum, in June of last year. Told us Paul Levin, professor and founding director of the Stockholm University Institute for Turkish Studies. And that's... Uh, set out a number of steps that Sweden and Finland agreed to take to uh, address Turkey's security concerns, especially regarding terrorism. And those negotiations had been uh, ongoing. And when I look at the measures taken, uh, Sweden had addressed most of Turkey's concerns, but it was a process and it's a process that might take some time. Um, The Turkish delegation uh, or the Turkish foreign minister said that Sweden uh, was not even halfway uh, yet. I think that's quite a harsh assessment. Uh, Whereas the NATO secretary generals uh, and and Swedish and Finnish representatives say that they have addressed Turkey's concerns. So um, it's a bit of a mixed bag. uh, But uh, before the new year, the negotiations and the tone in discussions between the leaders uh, seem to have been pretty good. But what were Ankara's requirements for the Swedish government? Turkey indeed said that the Swedish government's decision um, not to prevent the burning of the Quran was completely unacceptable. Alexandra Przozowski is your active editor on Global Europe. Here we also have the added problem that um, obviously Ankara is framing this attack against Islam as such, which, as we remember with the Danish caricatures a while back, a few years back, in Denmark has been a very sensitive topic um, with the Scandinavians. However, it's not just protests in Sweden which have hindered uh, its NATO bid. So the talks 
as we know, have been stalling over a number of issues. Ankara has previously said Sweden particularly should first consider a clear stance against what it sees as terrorists, so mainly Kurdish militants, um, and a group that it blames for the 2016 coup attempt in Turkey. It has been calling on Sweden to distance itself from the PKK, which um, is regarded as a terrorist group by Turkey, EU and US. But Turkey also wants other political concessions, including the deportation of um, Kurdish Erdogan critics. So Stockholm, of course, citing human rights and freedom of expression had been rather firm in making, not making too many concessions on this issue. It also is a very domestic issue for the new far-right Swedish government. So um, it would look like sacrificing those people for Ankara's consent in this NATO bit. So that that's a very, very sensitive issue for Stockholm. But when we think back, I mean, most of that seemed pretty well under, underway um, to be settled last year in summer when Sweden, Finland and Turkey signed the memorandum at the last NATO summit in Madrid to address exactly those issues. Um, Erdogan back then had said that Sweden had kind of promised to to um, look into into some of those issues, to maybe extradite some of the aftersought persons. Um, and it looked very timely to be settled by the end of the year, which, which as we know, didn't happen. So... After Hungary, the last holdout um, has scheduled the necessary vote in parliament for next month. It is really only Ankara that holds the key to uh, both Sweden and Finland's uh, NATO membership. Right now, Ankara says that negotiations are stalled indefinitely. And the Swedish side, the Swedish prime minister and defense minister, held a press conference this Tuesday on 24th of February, where they asked for a sober and calm reaction and said that they hope for the negotiations to restart so things can move forward. But why is Erdogan picking up a fight with Sweden? Well, Erdogan is facing uh, an uphill struggle uh, in the elections. Uh, he's actually not polling very well. The opposition looks like it actually could win, uh, which might surprise uh, people given the uh, often critical reporting of, of, of Turkey as an authoritarian state. But it is an authoritarian state that has elections uh, and they are um, relatively free. Uh, not fair, but relatively free. And uh, uh, so... Uh, Among other things, Erdogan is struggling with a, uh, a very deep economic crisis. Uh, so I think he's quite desperate to try to uh, find other issues to, to talk about. And uh, having this kind of a, a, a fight, if you will, with Sweden, even if the Swedish government is not uh, fighting back, it could uh, help to rally people around the flag. And uh, the outrage over the Uh, burning of the Quran. Uh, I think there are many Muslims who are upset by by such an act, um, and uh, it can also serve to rally his religious base in the elections. And Professor Living, looking under the surface of this issue, would you say that there are other underlying reasons why we have this opposition for Sweden to join NATO? Well, yes. I mean, I, I, one, there's a laundry list of potential explanations for, for Turkey's uh, Erdogan's rather surprising to many decision to veto uh, expansion. First of all, I think one, one should listen to Turkey when it says that it is um, dissatisfied with how not just Sweden, but other NATO member states have de- dealt with what Turks see as a national security threat, an existential such, and that is the uh, the uh, PKK, the, the, the um, Kurdish group that is labeled as a terrorist organization, also in the European Union. Um, 
Turkey and its affiliates or associate organizations such as the YPG militia in northern Syria. Uh, the YPG militia has been an important ally in the international coalition to fight ISIS. Uh, and Turkey is very upset that its Western partners cooperate with YPG and is also dissatisfied with uh, the fact that some European allies are allowing the PKK, uh, in Turkey's views, uh, to operate uh, within their borders. And Sweden, it has very little leverage against other NATO uh, allies. But Sweden, which has a large Kurdish diaspora, and some of which is uh, supports the PKK, um, Turkey has leverage now that Sweden seeks uh, membership in NATO. So that's, I think, you know, one important issue. Um, domestic politics is another issue. Uh, then there is also, of course, the, the the fact that the person who stands most to benefit from uh, the 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 halt in enlargement of NATO is Vladimir Putin, and Putin has a lot of leverage over Turkey in Syria and with energy sales and so on. So I should say though that there is no evidence in favor of uh, sort of claims that there is a deal between Putin and Erdogan, but it is of course um, you know if one follows the money one can get suspicious. When I listened to Erdogan this weekend, uh, when he announced that he would not give support to Swedish NATO uh, accession, he seemed very deeply personally uh, offended. So I think that <clears throat> even politicians are human beings. He is an easily offended uh, politician. Uh, there have been 3,600 people uh, or so uh, jailed in Turkey for insulting the president. And uh, <clears throat> there are groups in Sweden that uh, quite clearly, deliberately, uh, wanted to uh, provoke him, and it seems like they might have succeeded. You're listening to Your Active on the Byline podcast. Subscribe to our podcast newsletter on youractive.com slash newsletters. And if you want to expand your knowledge in other fields, you can listen to our tech podcast and our agrifo podcast. And if you have any comments or ideas, you can drop a line at podcasts at youractive.com. NATO is being silent when it comes to addressing the tension among the two nations. Although NATO's Secretary General appears to be very supportive of the alliance's enlargement, in this case he is very careful with providing a clear answer on Turkey's and Sweden's tension. There's probably not much the Swedish government or NATO can actually realistically say or do under these circumstances. Um, after the elections, um, many inside NATO actually expect this issue to come down and, you know, especially realistically towards the NATO summit that is coming up in July and um, the decisions that will be taken there. Many NATO diplomats hope that this will be um, sealed by by the time um, when, the, when the summit takes place. However, there are other issues that could potentially serve as a sweetener to um, Ankara in removing its blockage of, of uh, Sweden's bids. One of them is obviously the, the sale of US fighter jets to Ankara that has been discussed more or less as an issue throughout uh, the past few months. But um, also there, it's it's very unlikely that this will be connected with the current issue. This friction between Sweden and Turkey bring in the spotlight Finland, who had launched a joint bid with its neighbor. However, now the situation could change. So considering that both Finland and Sweden applied to join NATO together last October, um, as a consequence of 
Russia's invasion of Ukraine. They had obviously expected to also join together. And on an operational level, they were right to believe so because they are very aligned with um, all the um, criteria that, that NATO has uh, set for them. Now, Finland could reconsider this joint bid if Stockholm's application is delayed even further. So um, the Finnish foreign minister, Pekka Hagvisto, um, made such indications on Tuesday this week, it, only a day after Turkey said it would not support the Swedish candidacy. I mean, he did tone down um, those remarks uh, a few days later with Reuters, um, saying that what Helsinki thinks about is rather a pause of the of the three-way talks. Um, and um, maybe, you know, considering a, a pause of a couple of weeks and um, essentially to see until the dust settles and the current situation kind of resolves itself. Um, so what might seem as a very straightforward break in the political line that has been um, pursued for months uh, that the two of them will join together might be rather a tactic also to calm things down. Um, when it comes to really splitting both bits, I think practically um, many in NATO are saying that nothing speaks against it. but. Politically, the issue for the alliance would be that it would look dis- disunited in the eyes of Putin and, well, you know, have internal squabbles over over such issues um, would probably put them in a difficult spot. And could Ankara change its stance when it comes to Sweden? And if so, under which circumstances? It depends a little bit on, on uh, which explanation is the right one when it comes to why Erdogan is, is putting up this, this veto, right? Uh, I didn't mention the fact that Turkey also seeks uh, weapons from the United States, in particular um, the F-16 fighter jet and modernization kits to existing uh, F-16s in Turkey's fleet. So um, there are many who have speculated that that uh, this is what Erdogan really wants. I think that this plays a big role. Um, and if the United States were to be able to offer uh, Turkey F-16s, something that's not obvious because there's resistance in Congress to it, then that may be something that could push Turkey over. Um, but I don't think that any any change uh, should be expected uh, before the Turkish election now on May 14. But a, an opposition victory would, I think, be a, a game changer in this context. I think uh, they will still have concerns uh, uh, and and would like to see this the memorandum signed with Sweden implemented. But I think that uh, it would remove the the the, the current impasse. But Sweden is serious about fulfilling its requirement and join NATO, even though it might need some help to achieve it. Right now, Sweden has really taken, uh, when you speak to Swedish officials, which I, I have done, they're very determined and serious uh, in implementing this memorandum of a, a trilateral memorandum that they signed with Turkey, uh, and they will continue doing so. And there is not much more that Sweden can do now. So if other NATO uh, allies feel that this is an important issue, a NATO enlargement, then um, I think Sweden right now will need some help, or, or at least after the elections. And the second thing is that things changed uh, quite a bit when Erdogan made his most recent remarks, because his outrage seemed centered around the burning of a Quran in Sweden, and that is of course, and that that was allowed. And that is understandably offensive, and the Swedish government described it as a despicable act. But it is also uh, an act that is allowed in, according to Swedish freedom of speech uh, statutes, 
And that is the case in many other existing NATO member states. So if Erdogan now uh, introduces uh, what almost amounts to a blasphemy uh, law as a criterion for Swedish membership in NATO, that's something that doesn't materially have anything to do with uh, the kinds of national security issues that NATO um, was created to handle. So uh, until now, Turkey could claim that it, it, you know, it was raising uh, national security concerns in this trilateral memorandum that was focused on terrorism. This, however, is something else. Thank you very much. I am Evie Kiori and this was your Active Spin the Byline podcast. Visit your Active for the latest news. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, you can do so on your favorite podcasting app. This episode was produced by myself with the help of Alexandra Brzozowski. Thank you for listening.